I owe you. I owe you a lot of things, Scott. But top of the list might be introducing me to that Kolaches place there in Provo. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> by, by the way, have you have you done any digging into the precise, accurate pronunciation of the of the word? I haven't. No. Yeah, me neither. So kind I'm, of fun to. I'm always a little kind of bit fun worried. to find out. Yeah, I'm always a little yeah. bit worried how to if I'm offending somebody. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't think so because people would be like stuffing it in their mouth at, at that ah, point. They yeah, don't really care you how the, you know. The appropriate way to pronounce that word is. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Let's see. Here. What a true story. So Scott, what? Uh, tell me, tell me a little bit. Uh, I've got some more, some very Scott-specific questions, but in general, I'm curious what uh, what brought you to bagpipes? Because you you are one of the like just glorious and happy uh, situations where you came to Garden Valley Pipe Band to learn to play, and you're playing with us now. I'm curious, uh, how'd you find out about the pipe band and bagpipes in general? Where does your interest, you know, originate? Yeah, for sure. Um... Well, I've always enjoyed the sound and the music of the bagpipes throughout my life. Um, but specifically, three years ago, I was up here at Utah State for a graduation. And at the start of the graduation ceremony, there was a pipe band, the USU Scots, that came in and started playing. And it just struck me just how beautiful it was in 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 person, like just, you know, hearing the live music, it just, it really hit me. Just mm-hmm. something really struck a chord. Um, and then they played a, a tune I'd never heard before called um, Highland Cathedral. Oh, and it just, yeah. it kept building and building and building. And it just, something really moved me. I was just like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. And so following that, I just was like, wow, what would it take to learn how to play the bagpipes? Mm. And so um, I just started looking up online, like bagpipe lessons, you know, how to learn to play the bagpipes. And the first thing that came up actually was the Garden Valley Pipe Band. (laughs) All right. Go us for SEO control, huh? I know. It was pretty awesome. So location was good. The price was great. And... uh, (laughs) Yeah, just cool. Started with that. Do you do you did they was it pipes and drums exclusively at that graduation, or did they have um, any sort of accompaniment? Highland Cathedral, of course, is one that often you'll hear organ or something else along with it. Yeah, it was interesting. So they started with the solo piper. Drummers came in. The rest of the pipe uh, band joined. They had a brass and a small choir that came in. Like mm-hmm. it, it. it Man, it just <laughs> brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet it was it beautiful. Was, it was so good. Yeah, it was great. The Scotsmen are, are, are is that what they, I always forget what did, what USU exactly what they call the band. Is it the USU Scots or the USU Scotsmen or something like that? I think it's USU Scotsmen. Yeah. yeah. They they often are a smallish group, but I think they always pack a real punch. Um I remember one year, not they that really long do. ago, they did a set of Swedish tunes. I think it was Swedish tunes uh, in competition, which some judges poo-poo on that. Which, but I thought it was amazing, <laughs> and the just they were so bang in tune, and the the harmonies were so great, and they were a small group, but by playing well, they had a huge sound. You know, that's cool. Yeah, it's a good program. Yeah, that's just 
really cool. Yep. So you, but then, you know, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, but then following that, it, it really, it blew my mind of how many really good pipe bands there are in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, small bands, big bands, just, it, it was cool that, you know, just to learn Ben Loman and Wasatch and Salt Lake and Utah and Garden Valley it, and, oh, Thomas Cordner. It was like, oh my gosh, where, and, where has this been all my life? Right. And White Peaks <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah. Oh, you said Thomas Cordner. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, it, it, it is funny, right? It's like you, you would expect it's such a niche thing. You'd expect like, oh, there's probably like a group in the state. You know, maybe, yeah, maybe in, right. the, in the four state area even. And then you find out, oh, right. no, there's like a half dozen groups right here. Good heavens. Yeah. Well, we will. Yeah, what's what's going on? <laughs> what, what do these people know? <laughs> yeah. What's happening? <laughs> Why has nobody cued me into this before? <laughs> <laughs> well, we will be, as a group, we'll, we're going to be just reaping the benefits of you coming to play with us for for decades i'm sure because you've put so much work into figuring out how to apply for these grants that have really helped us out especially this recent change in practice location we finally have a year-round indoor outdoor practice location that is gonna it's so great it's awesome yeah it's just do you have any background in i don't know legal writing or anything like that or was it pure curiosity and stick-to-itiveness that got you through these first um grant applications well it it kind of goes back to college and i'll tell you a quick story about that Mm -hmm. so i i took english in in school but i was also minoring in music um and so when I, when I graduated with my English degree, I was looking for a job. And the first job that I was looking for, they said, well, do you have any marketing experience? And I was like, I just graduated from college. Like, yeah. I've been a grocery store bagger and I had a paper route. Like, no, I don't have any experience. But like on the fly, my brain just kind of clicked in. I went, marketing, marketing, marketing. Well, I took a bunch of fiction writing classes and I said that. And the guy paused for a beat and he goes, I'll give you the job. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, and it's true. I mean, I took poetry and fiction writing and creative writing and whatever. But so I think, I think just, you know, having that confidence, like, well, I could write something like, like yeah. you know, g- give me, give me the, give me the parameters. I'll just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> So the same, that's the same kind of thing that happened with writing for the grants, huh? You were just kind of like, eh, I could probably yeah. do this. Yeah, I can, I can read directions pretty well and follow them. Well, I can, I don't have to follow them, but. <laughs> right, right. Well, so, obviously you did an excellent yeah. job because here we are with, with a practice location and even some money in the bank account. And it's all thanks to, to you, yeah. you doing that. So personally and as a group, let well, me I'm just. Glad vicariously for everyone say thank you a million times <laughs> you're welcome i'm so glad it worked out <laughs> yeah and may it continue to work out in the years to come right yeah for sure so with your minor in music um i mean i knew you you did some other music stuff of course you're a great organ player uh, some of the i'm not i'm not even i'm not just saying this scott some of the absolute best moments in my musical life 
have been the times when we've done organ bagpipe duet. And oh my I, gosh, it's I, just, I, I want to do more. So it, much fun. It, it is so much fun, man. The way that those two instruments yeah. can fill up a space with just sound gives me <laughs> chills just thinking about it. Yeah, it's so cool. The only the only downside is the pipes are portable, but the organ is not. I wish you could right. take it, you know, take it on the road. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be nice? The um, what what what's it been like as someone who was already familiar with music and standard musical forms, not to mention normal concert pitch tuning, um, to come into <laughs> to come into the sort of the world of bagpipes, where a lot of stuff seems to be sort of from the hip. Oh, it's, it's so similar, but it's also so different too. Mm. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. It is, it is, it is very different. Did, but, did it throw you know, you at it's, all? Oh, go ahead. No, it, well, a little bit, because, you know, I was thinking nine notes. Well, that's, that's pretty easy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I should be able to pick, pick that up with a hand and a half, right? Yeah. Well, okay. Almost two hands. Almost. <laughs> Almost two hands, but I think I think the the thing that's been the hardest for me is, you know, some of the embellishments and the grace notes. Like, mm. oh, so that's that's where the the technique and you know really the beauty and the mastery of the bagpipes comes in of mm. being able to get both of those. So there therein lies the madness, right? That's, that's yes. That's where you can hunker down for decades and decades and still feel like you're a beginner. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think the other thing was when I I think I read this or somebody said it at one point that well you're you're just not playing one instrument, you're playing four. And I was like, Oh, no wonder I'm kind of out of breath all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is one way to look at it, huh? Was it strange for you at all reading the musical notation, looking for you know like oh it's in the key of A, where are my where are my sharps at you know or or anything like that or was it pretty easy to just kind of go with the flow? No, that was pretty easy to go with. Yeah, yeah, but it is kind of cool. I mean, we've talked about this, um, you know, with different with different chords and different keys and you know playing in different you know different ranges. It's like yeah, it's cool to see how. How it does fit, um, you know, with minor keys. I think one of the sets we played at Christmas time, that was really cool. You know, just looking at, wow, this this works in a minor key, and what key is that, and how does it all come together? So mm -hmm. that was definitely that was definitely fun to, you know, figure that out. Yeah, I've sometimes felt that it's precisely the limitations that the limited range and the strange tuning, etc., bagpipes present that make it so that when you can work something out, it's especially interesting or rewarding, you know, um, where, it, you know, because yeah. if, if it were a easily tuned concert pitch, fully chromatic instrument, uh, that those kinds of collaborations would be, they'd come together pretty, pretty easy, pretty effortlessly, I'd imagine. Yeah. Well, you know, even, even the other night in practice, I mean, we were, we were going through common marches and we kind of ran out, everybody, you know, what we need to play. And somebody said, well, let's play Simple Gifts. And I'm like, oh, that's a great tune too. And mm -hmm. so even even that tune when we're playing it, um, the set that we had had a key change in it. I'm like, even that's pretty cool that you start with, you know, the low A and then you, you move up and yeah, change keys. And I, 
yeah, it's possible. So <laughs> yeah, and and doesn't the 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 rarity of a key change in bagpipe music doesn't that just make it when it does happen just like so satisfying? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so who yep. um when you're at home you know other outside of band practice who is it that gets to listen to you practicing? Uh, my family. Mm-hmm. And are they yeah. fans of this new madness that you've brought into the home? They tolerate it. So that's helpful. <laughs> they haven't kicked you out yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> and they actually come to concerts and they support me, so that's helpful. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's love of you, if not love of the music, right? Right. You had, a, you had a lot of social capital to spend going into it, so you'll be okay, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Among your family or even other people, who do you think is, who, who would, if you, you, you have to pick someone, who's your biggest fan? Who, who absolutely loves, oh my gosh. or at least most loves, the fact that you've gone into this bagpiping stuff? Well, definitely my nephew and his dad. So my, my brother um, and his son, they... Uh, they they eat it up. It's it's cool. So we've we've come a couple of times to Logan and listened to the USU Scotsman play. And then every time that we play, um, oh at the Utah, oh what's that called? Where they have first part of June, they've got the Highland Games, the Utah Games. Yeah, yeah, the Utah Games um, or Utah Scottish Festival or. Honestly, I'm not sure yeah. what the official name is. <laughs> Refer to it by. Fingers. I don't know what it is either. Yeah. <laughs> in in Salt Lake, um, but yeah, my brother and his son, and their cadre of friends all come, and they just love, they just love everything Scottish. Mm. So it's cool. Well, that's great. Uh, is there anything, like if you could reinvent the bagpipes, is there anything that you would add to it or take away? <laughs> Well, I think it's already been invented. I mean, mm-hmm. you know the what's the uh, that you put under your right arm with your small pipes? Oh, the it's bellows. The, uh, yeah, I almost need some bellows to play the regular pipes. <laughs> yeah, I've thought about that too before. Like, why don't why don't why doesn't somebody get on this? Let's make some big ones. <laughs> I don't know something working into your shoe. You know, as you're walking, that helps uh, pump yeah. it up. I don't know. Some kind of supplemental air supply means <laughs> yeah. would be good. Mm would be helpful maybe a little you know pack on the back you know like a little scuba tank or something oh there you go just just a pressurized pack (laughs) (laughs) uh if Uh, if money were no object do you have any bagpipe related items be it uniform pieces or travel or instruments um that you would just love to have oh that's a great question it seems like everything that i'm looking at that is about $500 and I don't know why that's like the magical starting point number for everything but yeah. I would love to get like a set of some small pipes mm-hmm. um, I think that'd be kind of fun to learn to play um, but definitely I'd love to go watch the worlds in Scotland I think that would be awesome Yeah. but in addition to that it would be cool to like go to Australia or some of these other places maybe Germany and, and go listen to some other games yeah be a game a game, what's that called? Like the uh, uh, Globetrotters. Yeah. yeah. Pipe, pipe. World world traveler. Just go listen and play. You know, I've heard, I don't know if it's been true in the past and isn't anymore, or if it continues to be true, but I've heard, now there are some great bands in Australia and in New Zealand, but I've heard that there mm-hmm. are more bagpipers per capita in New Zealand than in any other country. 
Interesting. And of course, I'm just going to go ahead and say that without Googling it to make sure. So just <laughs> let that sit there. But. It, sound, it sounds good. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Uh, outside of bagpiping, what other interests or hobbies occupy your mind and your time and your energy? Um, well, definitely my kids are my biggest hobby right now. So that's always fun to be with them. I've got four kids. Um, only one at home. So that hobby's what diminishing, not diminishing. No, that poor fourth child now. <laughs> I know. Just, just kidding. Yeah. It's a, he's bored to tears. He's yeah. like, your parents are so old and boring. <laughs> um, but I, I, I play music still. I mean, with other instruments, I, I pick up the ukulele and there's a small group in the neighborhood that we jam once a month. It's kind of fun. We've got this hodgepodge of ukuleles and uh, banjos and drummers and bass, piano. So it's kind of a mix of weirdness, but it's always, always fun and good. Yeah, that sounds um, super fun. I love art. Um, I've always done art. I took up oil painting a couple of years ago and I you know if I had more hours in the day I'd, I'd do more of that but that's always been fun to play with as well do you have a favorite um, subject matter for paintings uh, usually landscapes mm -hmm. kind of outdoors still lifes landscapes yeah do you often paint from a an image or do you like to go set up your easel outside or is it sometimes pulled from you know sort of the imagination or memory well, the goal is to do more of the plein air, to be outside, you know, just kind of have the, the the paints and the palettes just with me to go. But I haven't done that a lot. Um, so usually it's just inside, you know, from a photo or find something. Mm. Yeah. I have a friend who's a, an art professor at BYU. And my, so my father-in-law teaches biology there. And so I, I was somewhat aware that as a college professor, you usually have to split your time. Sometimes there are very strict rules about how many hours you spend uh, between instructing and research or publishing, mm. you know, um, mm -hmm. uh, depending on the field, et cetera. And so I asked this guy who's an, an art professor, um, how does that work out for an artist, you know? And he said, well, basically it's the same thing, but on the one hand you have instruction and on the other hand you have practice. Um, so this semester I have like a 2080 split between teaching and painting. And so I have like oh, a wow. requisite number of hours that I have to spend painting. And, and he's like, it's a funny, it's a funny assignment to have. Cause it's like, this is all I would want to do anyway. So, you know, I start, <laughs> start my stopwatch and go out into a field and paint landscapes. And just, then I check in and I'm like, Oh, I've got 74 more hours of landscape painting I've got to get done this month, you know? Wow. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't, that's that be awesome. a, wouldn't that be a task to have, huh? <laughs> no kidding. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So are there any, awesome. um, any TV shows or movies that you are currently binging or that you especially love to revisit? <laughs> um, some of the favorite movies that I've watched are like Jason Bourne. Um, I'm definitely... Uh, a Hogwarts fan, mm -hmm. Star Trek, uh, Star Wars. Um, now I've got to. Yeah, I, I really like kind of the. No, go ahead. Well, I just I need to back you up to Star Trek and ask, like, you know, like who's your captain? Which uh, which iteration <laughs> is the go-to for you? Which one's the true Star Trek? Well, I really like the new series that came out. I can't remember the name of the actor. Like, 
that J.J. Abrams directed, those were just oh, of those films. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, those films are so cool. Mm-hmm. I grew up watching the reruns of uh, William Shatner, so those are that kind of hits my heart. But mm-hmm. I really, I really like Picard. He's 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 good too. Yeah, yeah. Picard's probably always been my favorite, but they're they're all good, of course. Yeah, I, if I had all to different. choose, if I had to choose an Enterprise to be on, I would hope to be under Captain Picard. Yeah, that would be awesome. The uh, <laughs> the uh, William Shatner has had an interesting musical career. Have you by chance been privy to any of his albums that he's put out? I have not. <laughs> well, we've got some links to share, my friend, because it's remarkable well, there stuff. We go. He does he does this spoken. <laughs> I, I know there's a name for it. It's like spoken speak singing kind of thing. Um, interesting. Oh, yeah, it is interesting. You can imagine his style of monologue, you know, and then just put music behind it, and that's basically what it comes out to, and it's remarkable. That's pretty cool. Well, I feel like I need to open my mind a little bit more. Yeah, actually, and Leonard Nimoy... No, wait, is that... Leonard Nimoy played Spock, right? Suddenly, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, He did some music as well, and he did an excellent song uh, about Bilbo Baggins. I can't remember what the what he titled it. If he called it "What Is a Hobbit" or if he just called it "Bilbo, the Favorite Hobbit We Know" or something like that. It was very cheesy, oh but he did goodness. a whole music video for it and stuff as well. It's delightful. <laughs> I will have to look that up. Yeah, it's worth your time for sure. Uh, now, aside from the the US the USU Scotsman, is there any other? Um, be it professionally recording or not, uh, bagpiper or bagpipe band that you especially enjoy listening to recreationally? Oh, yeah. So I love listening to, is it the 78th Frasers, like their mm-hmm. old recording? That's such a good re- recording. But um, I, I just actually kind of like listening to the worlds. I mean, until I get my fill of it, but like listening to Inverary um, play... I'm trying to remember the name of the group that's had like a streak for years and years and years. Um, could, could have been Field Marshal Montgomery or um, Simon Freight yes. University. Or, yeah, I, both of those. Yeah, both of those are really good. I really like I like some of the concerts that Simon Frazier's have done. Mm-hmm. Just they've got they've got some good good arrangements, good tunes that they've created too. I've I've heard people say before. And I'm curious what your take on it would be that uh, bagpipes are an instrument that is that are uniquely designed to be enjoyed outdoors and from a distance. <laughs> I've heard people say that, and one of their favorite tunes could be "Over the Hill and Far Away." Kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's a very good one. <laughs> Well, um, where you have your beginnings in bagpipes within living memory, what uh, do you have any pieces of advice or recommendations? Like, if you were speaking to somebody who's like you, you know, kind of went, "Wow, bagpipes sound so cool! I would love to play." What would you tell them? How would you get them started? Oh my gosh! Probably the biggest thing is just practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> practice, practice, practice. But but really, you know, one of the beauties of of working with a, a band or a class like the Garden Valley offers, it's just, it's just the small corrections and the direction just to, to be like, you're doing it right. You're holding it right. 
um, yeah, just kind of that encouragement. That's been so helpful. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, that's great. Um, are there any unique places that you've played your pipes or have you played them for any sort of notable or unique or strange situations or people? <laughs> uh, let me think. I mean, some of the fun places we've done is like the Salt Lake uh, St. Patrick's Day concert marching down oh yeah uh, isn't that a fun Street, one some of the other roads that was a lot of fun that goes a lot the, of green it's the one that goes down through uh the gateway mall and stuff like that right yeah or am i yeah. thinking of that was the... no that was it yeah. yeah that was right yeah i love that so yeah, that was that a lot of fun too. that is a lot of fun yeah uh, um yeah go on no i was just trying to think um Yeah, I really haven't done too many crazy places. I have watched, there's a couple of people on Facebook that like mountaintop to mountaintop that they're like pulling the pipes out and playing middle of a snowstorm. <laughs> yeah. Just all over. I can't remember the name of the guy. He's you, in Scotland. You need to get one of those, uh, one of those bagpipe hiking bags or something so you can pack your pipes up to <laughs> Timp or something sometime. Huh? Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> Uh, what's your current instrument setup? What kind of pipes do you have and what kind of practice channel do you play on? That kind of stuff. Yeah, so the the pipes that I have, I think they're McCallums. Mm -hmm. um, and they actually have kind of a unique story. So when I started playing the pipes, um, you know, I was looking for a set of pipes and trying to figure out what's my budget and how do I buy them and where do I buy them from? Do I buy new? Do I buy used? Um, I'm not a big pawn shop, um, you know, mm -hmm. connoisseur, scavenger, maybe? but scavenger my sons and I, yeah, yeah, scavenger. My sons and I just happened to pop into a pawn shop. Actually, we went to an army Navy store next to it there in Orem and oh, we went to a pawn shop one? and we, yeah, oh, it looks yeah. kind of like a, and, it's like one of those half pipe buildings. Yeah, big Quonset metal huts. Yeah, and, yeah. I, know, uh, right, I know that shop. Yeah, we love going in there. And so right next to it was a pawn shop, and we went in, and I went, well, by golly, that's a set of pipes there on the shelf. And they were about 500 bucks, and we looked at them, and one of the pipers in the band, Josh, came and looked at them with me, and it didn't have any reeds or, yeah, drone reeds or chanter reeds or anything, but... The, the wood, the stock, the bag, everything looked great. And so he he set it up with his uh, reeds and asked if we could play in the pie, in the pawn shop. And the owner's like, yeah, we kind of wondered what they sound like. And he cranked them up and played them. And he goes, yeah, they sound like they're a good set. So I bought my first used set of pipes from a pawn shop. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's a great find. I mean, honestly, that's a real good price for a set of McCallum pipe, bagpipes. So. I congratulate yeah. you. And, good, you know, fine. Thank you very much. And it, it kind of makes me wonder, like, well, who was the owner? You know, yeah, what's the history on them? And I hope it was a not a desperate, you know, plea for cash that someone had to get rid of them. But yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Hopefully, somebody got <laughs> like a new set of pipes, and so then they were like, "Well, I guess I'll just go pawn these or something like that." Yeah, moving out of the state, or I don't know. Oh What's yeah, moving to Hungary, maybe they just needed to get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> Because we know that happens. So, yeah. So I've got the pipes. Um, I think I've got an RG Hardy uh, practice channer. Mm -hmm. But then I also bought an elect 
electronic chanter. I think it's the same set that you have. The, oh, the uh, Glencoe. I love them. I do they're too. So good. They're they're really so like good, them. and I feel I'm so I'm so thankful to them honestly for making a good product at a good price because a lot of the other stuff that's comparable to these is at a a much higher price, and so yeah, it's very kind so of much more expensive. Yep. The only thing, and we've talked about this, is you definitely need to have some sort of a lotion on your hand to play them. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing. I mean, Man, who who loves those more though, Scott? You or your family? <laughs> like who are these really for? <laughs> yeah, how did I get those at Father's Day? Oh yeah, we'll get them for you. No yeah, problem. That's exactly how I got mine too. My wife bought them for me when she found out they existed. <laughs> she was like, "This is for me, but you can have it." <laughs> right. So that's what I've got. Yeah, it's a pretty good setup. Awesome. Uh, do you have any sort of pre-performance ritual before going out for a parade or a competition or other kind of performance, whether it be the night before or moments before? Anything you do to kind of, you know, find your center or, or prepare? Yeah, probably the biggest thing is I'll just look back through the music and do that reality check of, okay, what I've memorized, does it really match with what I should be playing? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> just, a, just a final read, just to look at it. No, no, no. I no, I don't have any anything like. Oh, I have like a, you know, special pair of socks, or I have a talisman, or, or anything that I wear. Nothing like that. So oh yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty straightforward on that I, one. I hope everybody washes their socks in between performances. I just, <laughs> it's, if I had to pick one thing to do away with in the world of piping and drumming, it would be the wool hose. I, I just don't, I don't like the feel of them on my skin and stuff. So I always wear a second pair inside yeah. so I don't have to touch them. But then I've had days before where we did like multiple parades in a day or something and I didn't have a second pair of socks and I had to pull on dirty socks. Oh, it, was, it just, Ugh. it's making me cringe just to remember it. That was one of the worst experiences. Shows what a blessed life I've had, but wearing dirty socks is one of the worst things I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I read somewhere somebody said, it, it's a good idea just to get a really thin pair of socks just to wear underneath. And I'm like, that's a great idea. Yes. I mean, sometimes I'll do it when I'm hiking and whatnot, but that has been a lifesaver for me. I yeah. Mean, just to have that extra little cushion there. And mm -hmm. yeah, just to yeah, well, I keep, feel like keep especially, the little socks off the skin. Yeah. Especially if you get some sort of cotton sock in there, it's nice and soft where like in parades and stuff, if there's any kind of movement in your shoe, that wool can really get yeah. into your skin. Yep. So I was going to ask you about pineapple. Uh, oh, yeah. Does this belong on pizza or should it be kept far away from pizza? Oh, it should be on there for sure. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things. And it's very controversial, though. I've, it I've, is. I've come to learn that. That's absolutely <laughs> true. Well, that's why, that's why we're asking these hard-hitting questions here on this podcast. <laughs> But yeah, and here's here's well, pineapples. A, it's a safe. It's a safe word. So yes, <laughs> the uh, the what, what do you think we? Are, I'm thinking we call this podcast droning on. What do you think of that? Oh yeah, Is that nice. <laughs> yeah, my wife. That's quite that. good. <laughs> all, my, all my best ideas come from my wife. <laughs> well, you should keep her. She's a she's a good one. <laughs> Man, the question is if she'll keep me. There's no question about me keeping her. I just gotta. <laughs> 
keep playing that electric chanter and not not screw anything up. That's that's all I'm playing right now. And Scott, do you have any when you strike up your pipes, whether it's for practice or you know maybe for your for your nephew and your brother um, or or other people? Do you have any song that is like sort of your most requested that people always want to hear? Oh yes, most everybody really wants to hear. Um... Scotland the Brave and it's really funny my sister-in-law goes isn't that the only song you can play and she's like uh, yeah. it all sounds the same I'm like no 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 just hold on hold on let me yeah. play another two and she's like yeah it kind of sounds the same uh, yeah like, I don't want to hear that <laughs> yeah I, I have a theory about that I could be wrong but I mean I've encountered the same thing and it's it is understandable, you know. It's certainly understandable with no dynamics oh, and with the same scale and everything like that. Like sure, stuff stuff does start to sound the same. But my my wife has told me before that. So my wife and I've known each other since we were kids. Like when I started playing bagpipes, and yeah. so she has been exposed to a lot of bagpipes. And she's told me before that for years that's exactly how she felt. You know, I'd be in the backyard practicing for hours on some new medley. And she'd think I was working on one yeah. song, you know, I'm like, no, there are five different songs, you know, and, and there's, there's a stress and there's a reel and there's a, there's a march and there's a slow air, you know, and she's like, oh, I thought it was the same song, you know, but, it, but in more recent years, she has developed a much more discerning year and she can identify not only different songs, but also good piping, you know, she, oh, wow, that person really knows what they're mm. doing, don't they? Like, yeah, you bet they do. That, that person is Stuart Little, Missy, you make sure he, he, you know, <laughs> he absolutely knows what he's doing, you know, but uh, I, I, my yeah. theory is that it, it's partly becoming numb to the drones. I think that if you, mm. if you first, in fact, I, I've encountered this when playing with other musicians as well, that I'll play something and say, here's the chord progression, or can you come up with a chord progression or something, you know, and they'll be like, well, yeah the drones are the same the whole time. And it's like, you kind of have to become blind to those drones and just kind of hear the chanter more clearly. And yeah. I wonder if for uh, yeah. the unindoctrinated, if hearing that, when those drones come in, there's a part of your ear that sticks to that. And so th of course that sounds the same. That might be all the time. Yeah, that might be. And you know, it's interesting. Maybe it's a different reaction to the drones. I, I feel like anytime the, the pipes start droning it's like a snake charmer. like i'm hypnotized mm -hmm. <laughs> At least it sucks me in it's like i can't not listen now <laughs> you, you know those you know those ancestry dna kits that they they'll do um traits like like how susceptible yeah. you are to yeah. the effects of caffeine or if you have cilantro aversion stuff like that oh yeah right I'm I'm excited for the day when they're going to identify a DNA marker <laughs> that is like you have an aversion to bagpipes or you are highly susceptible to bagpipes because I really do think that there's something like inborn in some of us that's one or the other. <laughs> so funny. Yep. Well, Scott, you have well, you know, and this, oh, go ahead. this is even this is I was just going to say this is even like out there but um I heard, oh, I can't remember, remember where it was, but I heard it was an Indian player that played the sitar. Mm. And, you know, it's like that multi, it had like 32 strings and it's oh, yeah. like 12 feet crazy, tall. Yeah. And, um, but it also had a drone quality to it. And it, it in, a, in a strange sort of way, it kind of reminded me of the bagpipes. And so, you know, there are Indian pipers and there's Pakistani pipers, but Maybe that's another collaboration day. We could get a sitar and some sort of a drum together with the pipes. 
I would love that. I would I would love that so much. I heard a group once, I think they're out of Texas. I think they're called the Silver Thistle, maybe, pipe bands. It's something to do with the thistle in some yeah. kind of metal. Yeah. And they did yeah. a collaboration with a, um, I think it was a, uh, a Samba um, percussion line. Would have been oh, Samba. It was something out of Brazil, which there's a lot of great music out of Brazil, of course. So I'm not sure exactly which, but it was a you know a, a Latin a, a Latin American um, percussion line, and all the pipe band yeah. did was play common marches. But this change in the oh, rhythm that was backing it up was it was really I thought it was delightful. I loved it. That's pretty cool. Mixing yeah. it up with a with a sitar That's would be good. a lot of fun. Good possibilities and all kinds of other things. Yeah. Well, yeah. Scott, to button this up, what would you like to say to, yes. to our fellow pipers and drummers who will be listening to this? Stand on your soapbox oh, and share, be, be it, be it words of inspiration or, or advice or, or exp, expressions of, of, of love, whatever it is, go for it. This is your moment. Everyone's listening. <laughs> okay. Two words. Pipe on. <laughs> <laughs>